Initiating startup sequence. You are now plugged in. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. This is episode 203 of the Plug and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and alongside me as always is Tim. Welcome, Minions. This week we are coming live to you guys from 192nd. We uh, are at Growler USA, America's microbrew pub. So this is an awesome place. We've been here once before, um, decided to come back. It has like a billion different fucking things on tap. Today we are drinking everybody brew- Everybody's Brewing uh, Cowpunk Cow IPA. Cow which does have a description here somewhere, if you can find it. Yeah, here, let me see it. Find out paperwork really quick. So, Everybody's Brewing is up in White Salmon. We've both been there. Um, I think we had a... Didn't we have a brew from them last week, too? I'm 90, 90% sure we did. Pretty positive. I think the second beer we had was from Everybody's Brewing. I don't... I can't find it. I'm not fast enough, apparently. Um, malt forward. Nah, too far, man. Anyway, it's, a, it's an IPA. It's from... Everybody's brewing, and it's called Cowpunk. So, cheers, Zach. It's like everybody got quiet for us to tip our glasses back. Yeah, that, that was very nice of them, actually. That's uh, pretty cool. Guys, it has 6.5 ABV, 65 IBUs. It is $7 for a 16-ounce pour. And it's an American IPA. That's all they got the information on it. All right, cool. Dun, dun, dun. So, Tim, what have you been up to this week? I've been up to stuff and things. Things and stuff? Yep. Have you been putting things in You stuff? know what I wanted to do Saturday? What I really wanted to do after work? Get stoned. No. Well, go to a strip club. I mean, maybe, but no. Go to a sex dungeon. No. Go to some weird place in downtown Portland. You probably should You're getting be warmer, at, yes, actually. Okay. There was the... Uh, Prayer Patriots. Uh, oh, demonst- you wanted to go punch clowns in the face. I want, no, Nazis. Oh. I wanted to help the clowns. Oh. There was actually I angry. There was, I'm glad I didn't go. There was angry grannies counter protesting, and I am happy that um, Joey Gibson, I think his name is. Yeah. He only got five percent of the vote up here. He's a douchebag running for Congress, and he's always in Portland starting problems. And I wanted to go punch his little proud boys and pay- prayer patriots in the face, but, but so I proud. But I didn't. But you didn't. I didn't. Instead, I hung out with you and had lunch. Yep. Dinner. Late. Yeah. It was at four o'clock, so I don't yeah. know what you call that. I don't know what the hell you call it. It's but, my son's dinner. But before that, I actually did two things. I yeah, actually, you were busy as hell. I ran around like a maniac. I stopped at Brick House and had a really quick beer and left a $5 tip because... Because fuck Nazis. Yeah, because that same Joey Gibson got kicked out of there and made a big Facebook uh, live video telling people to leave negative Yelp reviews and blah, blah, blah. So, Which, by the way, you stopped. Congratulations. Good yep. on you. Yep. Um, so I stopped there, and then a Vancouver at the uh, Esther Short Park was having a cold brew festival. Now, I got out of work around... You should probably explain what cold brew is. Maybe not everybody knows what cold brew is. Cold brew is coffee that's brewed without heat. So it, it ends up being a lot smoother, not as acidic, um, because it takes longer to brew, and the, the oils from the coffee get beans get released differently. Um, you, can, you can heat it up later if you want um, and make traditional hot coffee, or you can just drink it cold, which this time of year is a really good option. So there was a cold brew festival, um, okay. and it was kind of shutting down because it was 2.15 by the time I got there. And it's set up a lot like a beer festival where you buy a pint glass and a bunch of tokens. And the lowest tier was $20 for a pint glass and 15 tokens. I'm really depressed they didn't give you a coffee mug. It's cold brew, dude. I know, but still. Especially when it's nitro, it sort of makes sense. Okay. Um, but I'm looking around, and like um, 
Yeah, I'm looking around and like some people are actually closing down. Like, even the places, yeah, like, place even the places that are still open. Because I was like there the last hour of the festival. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not buying 15 tokens, so I'm like, okay, look, the pint glass is five dollars, right? I'm like, yeah. So is it a dollar a token? They're like, well, kind of, yeah. We're not really selling them that way. I'm like, I'm like, look, I'll buy the pint glass and I'll buy four tokens. Yeah, I'll give you nine bucks. Yep, and then they're like, okay. So <laughs> I went around. I mean, what leg do they have to stand on if everybody's closing down? Like, yeah. You're like, dude, the people I want here are gone. Honestly, they show them almost just giving it to me at that point with a pint glass or whatever. They offered you a free pint glass on the way out. They did because I had a ton of them left. So I tried a bunch of uh, nitros and they were the only ones that were available. Uh, I think two or three of them and then one normal non-nitro. That was cool. Got to see some friends of mine um, that live locally and oh, nice. they like were actually... they were, or something? Well, they... Uh, a coffee via, but they're starting their, oh, own, cool. their, own, their own roastery and um, they really? were they were kind of the main sponsors of the event. So that was cool. That's cool. Then I hang out with lunch with you, but you'll talk about that later. So, um, yeah, after that, I met my friend Dale at the Clark County Fairground. You were such a big helper. Um, I had not known that this was a thing, but I guess every year for the last 15 years, there's been this thing called the Special Kids Rodeo. So is it like, it's like kids with special needs. So we should, yes. We should emphasize what this is. Uh, yeah, all sorts of different special needs. Yeah. Um, they get to go to this rodeo, and cowboy volunteers such as myself just kind of so hang out cool. and stay with them just to make sure they're safe and have fun. And um, you ride into the... Uh, is like, it like this is event only for them? Like there's like an area at the fairground? Or like, there are like other it's like a like big horse... Sta- it's a big horse stadium, so they do other things in that oh, cool. space. Yeah, but yeah. but during that time, yes, it's just for Sweet. them. Awesome. Um, so you ride like uh, wagons in... Horse-drawn wagons into the event center and you all pile out. And then you get into lines, like four lines, and you do a whole bunch of different things like... Uh, Roping a plastic cow, like running up and hold. Do you get like assigned a kid when they get there? Like, hey, yes. you're going to be this yes. guy's cowboy. Exactly. That's awesome. So yes. you stick with the same kid the yes. whole time. Yes. Cool. Um, so I stayed with my, my my little guy was real active. He actually did not like all the crowd around on the wagon and took off running. Um, oh, shit. Right after the wagon stopped and ran halfway across the auditorium <laughs> to caught up. And I followed him so fast, I kind of sprained my finger getting off and I ripped the uh, sole of my right shoe off. Ooh. So I was on a um, horse. Were parents with there too, or no? Uh, yes, but they were mostly in the stands. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry I'm say about that. Grab a lasso and just lasso the kid. No, I think that probably would have frowned upon. Gotcha. But after that, kind of settled down, had some good times. Like, um, you no, know, like, what'd you do with them? Like- and so I'm getting to that. Okay. So we got a lines. We had um, first just a race to like the barrel and back, just to get used to the idea of kind of running. Yeah. And then um, we ran back and untied a braid from a goat. Okay. So we got to kind of play with the goat that way. And then we um, lassoed a plastic uh, cow, cow. Nice. With, a, with a rope. And that was fun. That's awesome. And uh, Wilbro. Did, did you get to try it? No. I let him do it. I, did I, he, did yeah, he get it? He did it great. Nice. Um, I held the back end of the rope just as we were running. And then we uh, did a wheelbarrow race. And I was like, look, since he was like really active, I'm like, I'll make you a deal. If you stay in the in the wheelbarrow, I'll push you really fast. But you got to stay in the wheelbarrow, okay? He's like, okay. So I pushed him really fast. He loved that. And then the last thing was getting to ride a horse. Um, like a like a full size horse, yep. pony. No, it was a horse. Nice. Like I had to lift up pretty high. Damn. And then um, he rode around some barrels, and that was pretty cool. And then afterwards, there's like an award ceremony. They get like a little trophy and everything, and That's a awesome. and a stuffed plastic pig or not plastic, a stuffed pig. It was a really cool event. Um, I just wish I'd known more ahead of time because I didn't really have any cowboy. I borrowed a hat from the organizers, and I just had like t shirt and jeans. I'm I already kind of. 
said that we'd do it again next year. So. Yeah, I, I love how you volunteer me for stuff. That's like my yeah. favorite thing. I know. Um, you loved it so much this year, you're going to do it again next year. It was good. It was, I mean, you know me, I'm an introvert, and that yeah. kind of stuff freaks me out, but it was good. And I'm really, even if I don't do it, I'm, it's really cool that this thing is, exists. Yeah. So uh, today we did have an Adventure Time Tuesday, or, or not today. Yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, really Come short. On, Wow, it's like I was re- there watching the TV show. Yep, see, um, I ha- I had work and my daughter, show. my daughter was home but my son was at camp. Anyway, it had to be really short, so we drove to uh, Stark Street Pizza, which we've been to before. It's like old school pizzeria. It's got like the Mario Brothers cabinet, which I took a picture of because like Mario and Luigi don't look like anything like they do anymore. Yeah, yeah. And we sat- we took the table next to the stuffed bear who's called Fuzzy Wuzzy. That's like a literal stuffed bear behind glass. Like a legit real. Yeah, bear. it's a it's a bear. Like, wow. it's a stuffed bear. How's the pizza? Uh, it's good. It's really crispy, thin crust, and it's got the little tiny pepperonis that curl up. Yeah. And the salad bar is... Is it, like, old school, like, Italian-American pizza? It's Yeah, it's just old school. Like, the salad bar actually has, like, more stuff on it than a sweet tomatoes. It's got, like, turkey and ham. And, oh, shit. So it's, like, a legit place. And ambrosia. Um, with the salad bar is eleven ninety five with a pizza. Um, it's not bad. Yeah, uh, just a pizza, a personal pizza with three toppings. You're six, to remind me the name of it so I can go down there. Six ninety five, and then it was another five dollars. But get the salad bar, like it's yeah. if you like old school, like grandma's salad bar, yeah, like yeah. this ambrosia potato salad. Yeah. Um, all the toppings, like it was really yeah, long. That's like, awesome. It was cool, um, and I got a beer. Um, I got the beer. She, my daughter, didn't know anything about beers. She should get that one. I'm like, okay. Fortunately, she picked a pale ale. And it wasn't terrible. And so it was like a dollar more between a pint and 25 ounces. Holy shit. So I was like, I wasn't really planning on even having a beer, but she's like, you should get this mirror pond. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, do you mirror want... Mirror pond? Mirror pond pale ale. <laughs> it's fine. Um, that's the one she picked for me. So he's like, do you want 16 ounces or 25 ounces? I'm like, what's the difference in price? A dollar? I'm like, well, shit. Yeah. Getting a half a beer for a dollar. Yeah. I mean, you're stupid if you don't. So after that, we went to the Grotto, which I think we've done at least twice now on Adventure Time Tuesday. That's like the monk thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So we go to the observatory overlooking Portland. Best place to read in Portland, man. We both read our books for like half hour, 40 minutes. Can I actually bring like a legit book or can I bring my like surface in there with like the comic books up on it? I mean, you do whatever you want. Like okay. people go there and meditate. People go in there and pray. People go in there and sleep. I go there to read. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. I think as long as you're not like watching porn, they won't really do anything. That'd be pretty sacrilegious. I'm joking, Zach. You oh. should not watch porn at a holy ground. Oh, all right. Um, but yeah, you go up this giant elevator. I'm sure there's like nun porn or something. I don't. I think that'd be even worse, Zach. Actually. Oh. So that's what I'm I did. I'm just gonna shut up now, then. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> or I'll, actually, don't shut up. Tell me what you did this week. Okay. Um. Well, first off, hold on. Okay. You said that your wife had gone away for like a while. Do you want to talk about that or no? No, I'm fine talking about that. Um, APCO is an organization, professional organization she's a part of. And recently she um, did this massive CAD project. CAD is like the computer system that um, directs everything. It's like a brainchild for 911, right? It's, well, yeah, it's where you input in where all the inputs and all the exput. Like if you want to page out a police officer, you put it in there. If you want to type in what's going on with the call, you put it in there. Yeah. It's like the communication hub for everything. Yeah. Um, and she had to replace it. For not just her um, location, but at least three others. She did three or Washington four. County, Clackamas County, and I, I want to say there's one more. It wasn't Portland, was it? I don't think so, but I, don't quote I don't me on remember. that. But yeah, anyways, but she did this amazing, huge project. Her and her team pulled it through. Um, 
So it wasn't just her getting the award, but she was the first woman to get this award. Yeah, that's the reason why I wanted to bring it up, because she was the very first woman ever yes. to get this award. And she was in Vegas, and my daughter had fun in Vegas. I saw, I wasn't there, so I can't speak to everything, but I know that they saw the Blue Man Group. They did a CSI experience, and they saw the typical stuff like the volcano, the stuff that you can see from the sidewalk. What were those fucking hats they had on their head? Oh, they went to Dick's, which is a restaurant that I would love to work at. You get to be just totally rude to people and like okay. make fun of them. And then at the end of the meal, you, you ride a hat on, you know, you know basically yeah. insulting them. Yeah. Um, probably shouldn't say what their hats said, but they were funny. Anyway, what were you up to? Okay, sorry. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Um, so this week, guys... Uh, like Tim said, my son and I and Tim all went out to dinner. We wanted to have a really good dinner. We had like a tuna melt sandwich. It was a Tombow tuna, not just like you know tuna in a can. It was yeah. good, good ass tuna. And like a giant fucking bowl of fries. That was and, huge. Yeah. You asked for a side of fries, Nachos. and if something showed up like I don't know, twenty five ounces of fries, yeah. it, was, it was ridiculous. It was huge. Um, other than that, this weekend was a uh, father son weekend. My wife is a teacher, so she had to go set up her classroom. She had switched grades. So I gave her the whole weekend to do it. Um, so my son and I hung out the whole entire weekend. We went down to the Saturday Farmer's Market. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool and a really good place to go and a lot of fun and stuff. But Esther Shore Park, man, it's just fucking being destroyed. It's full of homeless people. So much that like, I couldn't even like let my kid. like I had to like hold his hand. And like he did like the play structure and like, the play area fine. But like he's so tall that... like. Most people think that he's older than he is, and so he, like, tries to go down, like, the big slide and stuff, and the upper areas of the play structure are designed to where he can get to it because he's the right height now, but, like, they have no fucking guardrails up there. So I'm the fucking crazy dad, like, pulling myself up over the side and, like, grabbing my son, looking like I'm kidnapping a child, and, uh... Awesome. Yeah. So that was awkward as hell. And then then I was like, oh, we're going to go run out in the park. So I brought like a picnic stuff, brought a bunch of food for us, um, like snacks and stuff for him and a couple drinks and stuff and set up everything and he was fine. He's playing around in the blanket and stuff. And like out of nowhere, a shitload of fucking homeless people was like come up and like they start sitting up like all around us. And I'm like, like right where he is running, like I don't want to feel like, I don't want to be like rude or anything like i'm sure there's probably some nice homeless people out there but some of them i've donated time at homeless shelters have mental issues and i don't know if that guy has a mental issue or not or that girl or if they're on anything or what you know what their situation is i don't want my one and a half year old son running up and trying to talk to them while i'm on the blanket like 30 feet away so as a short park like when I was younger, it was, like, a great place. You could go, you could run around, not have to worry about anything. And, like, now it's just literally, like, sleeping bags in the bushes, tents tucked away in bushes, like, the bathroom stall that, like, I, like, saw something come out of had, like, a tent propped up inside of it. And I'm like, really? Like, it's just getting, like, destroyed. And so that kind of sucks. Yep. Um, but other than that, another great thing about downtown Vancouver is the smoking oak. So, my son and I went over to the Smokin' Oak. What'd you have? Uh, I am a sucker for their fucking mac and cheese brisket. Okay. That is just to die for. Hmm. And so, I had one of those. You got a side of coleslaw. You got a tasty treat. And we just chilled there. I mean, he, he ate a bunch of raisins and stuff. I found out he doesn't like uh, 
he doesn't like coleslaw. So okay. That's weird. Um, he usually likes everything. Um, but he can't really have, like, dairy products right now. I had the same issue when I was his age, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, but a lot of this stuff has dairy on it. So he ate some brisket, and I got him a little bit. I got him a – well, I didn't get him. Thanks to my awesome hostess, she went and got him a little plate of brisket and, like, brought it out free of charge. Nice. Gave it to him. And uh, I got to say, their brisket – have you had it before? Yeah. It's fucking amazing. It's every, um, just twice in a row, they were out of it. What? So it took three visits before I could actually get the brisket. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Like, I went one time, and all they had was chicken left. That sucks. <laughs> like, I don't really... We actually ended up leaving, so I'm like, I don't really want chicken. Yeah. But, um, so we've always had really good service there. Everybody's super friendly. Um, the beer's good. Uh, surprisingly, I thought they had something against Lewitt Brewing, which is their next-door neighbor. Because mm-hmm. um, the previous times, they've never had a Lewitt beer on tap. Okay. And they had a Lewitt beer on tap, which was like the... Oh, no, wait. They did have a Lewitt beer on tap. I did not get it. I got the real some Shady from... Uh, Fortside Brewing, and it's definitely not their fluff. So they had the uh, they had the orange whip. Isn't it the real haze shady or something? It's not quite the slim shady. It's uh, something real hazy shady or something, something like, like that. that. And uh, real slim hazy. I don't know. I don't remember. It's an IPA of some kind, um, but uh, it's definitely not their orange whip. So it was, I had a taster of it. It was okay. But, uh, yeah, anyways, so that is basically what I've been up to other to this week, other than the fact that uh, I'm literally the only administrator at my shop this week. So, since Monday... You had some shit go down. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but you had some shit go down. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's very true. Uh, one of the barrels that we use to make this... Uh, so, what is that? So, it, it's literally a 55-gallon or a 50-gallon drum. Okay. And we fill it with a liquid that we make. Uh, it's called tack cloth. It's like you grind a car all the way. You take off all the paint. Mm-hmm. And then you use a tack cloth to get all the mini molecules and particles off of the metal for, like, the next fabrication of paint. And then in between the paint layers, you use it to get, like, the overspray and stuff off of it. Right. Um... And sometimes it acts up a little bit. This this liquid is a uh, at a 250, 260 degrees. And uh, it just so happened that it was going to... Oh, it's called the Real Slim Hazy. I was um, looking it up for you while you were talking. Thank you. Um, it decided to blow up on me. So my whole entire room was filled with 260 degree liquid pouring all over the place, which I promptly stopped... The problem is I line my floor with cardboard, which ignites at a certain degree, and it smolders at about 200. So um, got that all cleaned up and everything, but the worst part about it is I had to rip everything out of the room um, and put down all new cardboard. Luckily, I You had said some. it was going to take two days, but I got the sense you... I, act- I just got done finishing it today. Okay. So, it looked like from your pictures that you took care of a majority of it in one day i took majority i took yeah about three quarters of it in one day um granted i literally stopped running it at like 11 30 in the morning and it took until 6 30 when i left so zach's all alone being the old administrator and then disaster then strikes happens. so he's working like double time so, and so a half not only am i trying to get not only am i trying to manufacture product 
I'm also answering all the telephone calls because nobody else knows how to answer phones. I'm also answering all emails for all three accounts. I'm also answering all production orders. And I'm also putting in all orders. And I'm also packing all the orders. And I'm shipping and receiving every single thing that's coming in and out. So since Monday, I have put orders in for five hours a day. I have packed orders for five hours a day. And then the next morning, I go in 30 minutes early, ship everything that I did yet the day before for the next like hour and a half to two hours, then sit back down and put orders in again. It's been a living fucking nightmare. It's been very long, and the maker's mark in the bottom of my cabinet at the shop looks very, very fucking tempting. So. I mean, that's what it's there for. I mean, yeah. We'll talk about that off air. Not me, but somebody else at my shop. Um... So, yeah. And then other than that, I got a nice little uh, email saying that there's a podcast festival in Portland, Oregon. I'm trying to convince Tim to go sit in front of people. Yeah. I, I don't really want to do this in front of a live audience is the thing. I'm an introvert. I mean, Maker's Mark is the advertiser. We might be able to convince him, like, look, we drink during our show. We need a bottle on stage with some ice. I literally won't do it if we can't drink during it. Like, that. that's against our... Yeah, we, well, we can't do yeah, our show without we drinking. We can't do it if we can't drink. No. We'll have no. to use the ink whiskey flask. We'll be like, we're just pouring apple juice. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're wincing because that apple juice is really yeah, strong. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's all I really did this week. Um, but you want to talk some news? Yeah, let's do some news. All right, guys. So the very first news story. I found this fucking hysterical. So we all know Tekken 7, or Tekken in general, randomly will like license characters from like other, right, other, other shows or not shows, but like other universes. Yep. And um, so now they have gone upon themselves and licensed Negan, the brutalist person ever in the Walking Dead series, with a barbed wired baseball bat named Lucille. Is he becoming as a Tekken 7 playable character? Um, and it's becoming in its season two of content. So That's it's crazy. Also, um, yeah. So not with the launch of the game, but later. No, it's going to be, yeah, in season two. Which I don't really know what that means. But basically, uh, Harada came out on Twitter and said, With Lucille, haha, nice idea. He is a historic villain, but he is too weak as a fighter, in my honest opinion. Which, uh, you know... I don't really know if that's uh, that's necessary. But uh, Tekken Season 1 DLC included Fatal Fury's Geese Howard and Final Fantasy 9's Noctis. 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 Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, kind of crazy to see a Walking Dead character, and I kind of want to play it now just for that one DLC. Cool. So... so- my son loves uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, yeah. and I bought it again for Nintendo Switch, and I'll probably actually do a quick lookup for it uh, for the ButtonSmashers.com. Um, like I bought recently? it, yeah, last week. Oh, nice! Um, but this is something I did not know about it. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is um, originally it was going to be a Legend of Zelda title. Um, it started. What type of title? Like a uh, Tingles Adventure Time. Well, okay, so this is an interview with uh, Polygon from uh, Shinya Hiratake, and he's the game director for Captain Toad. 
The studio started out with the concept of a diorama-style stage with a character who couldn't jump and be a small a set of small sandboxes with hidden nooks and ca camera control as a central ingredient. The natural solution was to use Link, since exploration is a core part of his series. That idea was ultimately shelved and revived later when a character of Captain Toad was introduced in the Super Mario Galaxy. When Hirotaki realized that Captain Toad was a smart, small character with a heavy backpack, it fell into place. We thought Link would be a little too courageous and he would want to fight enemies with his weapons, Hirotaki said. Captain Toad is still courageous, but maybe a little bit weaker. And by having a character we thought we could have the player focus on geography and turning the camera, that kind of gameplay in the end I think worked out really well. So Captain Toad still takes on bosses as originally intended, but he didn't fight them the way Link would. Instead, boss gameplay is uh, mostly about avoiding danger and springing traps. And unlike Link, Captain Toad isn't driven by heroism or valor. He's more like a cute and cuddly version of their gritty antagonist, Wario. I really just wanted to make him someone that loves treasure and you can feel that from him, Hirotaki said. I think, honestly, Captain Toad is someone who doesn't really care what's going on. When he sees treasure, he's like, I want it. You know, I do question his loyalty to the Mushroom Kingdom a little bit. I think of him like a crow that loves shiny things or a moth to a flame. He just loves treasure so much that he can't think about anything else. He's just so happy finding treasure. So, that's just cool to know that it was... I could totally see, like, Link exploring these little dioramas. Oh, totally. But it makes sense, like, they, they chose not to since he would, you know, fight more. So, that was just a cool little thing to find out. Not only that, like, I think that... People might have had an issue with it. What's that? I think people might have had an issue with it being a Zelda game. Maybe. I kind of wish there was DLC now that would let you go through the stages. Just a, if, Even if it's just a skin swap. I think that they, you know what would have been really cool is being the guy, Beetle. You know who I'm talking about from The Legend of Zelda? Yeah. He's a gentleman with a backpack that goes around and you like buy and sell shit to him. Right. I think playing as him in this would have been... That would be cool, but he's too obscure. Like Everybody knows Toad. Yeah, that's true. Fucking Toad. Yeah. What's our last story? Um, I didn't realize I was doing it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, ladies and gentlemen, has been under some hot controversy because of uh, the director. Jim, James Gunn wrote some tweets that were not so good. But they were like years ago. I know. They were years ago, and I feel personally that somebody can grow within five years yes. and change their opinion. Yes. And maybe the the person nowadays. I'm looking at someone now that that's grown a little bit, has still some growth to do. A little bit. Made some jokes in poor taste in the past. Maybe. Probably I've shouldn't be allowed to direct Galaxy. Guardians of Guardians Galaxy, Galaxy, but that's for different reasons. Maybe. All the aliens have big boobs. I don't care if they're male. Yep. See. Um, but basically, one of the main actors, Dave Bautista has came out and even though he's under contract for volume three has uh, been quoted as saying uh, nobody's defending his tweets but this was a smear campaign on a good man who has changed Batista said I spoke to Chris Pratt the day after it happened and although he's a bit religious so he wanted to pray and figure out figure it out but I was more like fuck this this is bullshit James is one of the kindest most decent people I've ever met. Where I'm at right now is that if Marvel doesn't use a script that he wrote, then I'm going to ask them to release me from my contract, cut me out of the recast, or cut me out or recast me, and uh, I'd be doing James a disservice if I didn't do this. Cool. So I'm glad that like I'm glad that a company like Marvel is taking social media seriously. Well, Disney, really. Well, Disney, yes. But I'm also disheartened by the fact that like people can't admit that somebody can change within. I think that these tweets are like the beginning of Twitter. 
Yeah, they were just really and jokes and really poor taste. Like some people were saying he meant like what he was saying, and it's very clear that he didn't actually mean what he was saying. It was just jokes and very, very, very poor taste. They were like uh, whether yeah. or not they were good, they were meant or they weren't meant. If they weren't meant, then this is even dumber. But even if they were meant, that was like five years ago, and maybe you know it's a little different um, talking about a tweet versus like actually abusing someone, which exactly. is which is like why a lot of people were. You know, dumped by the movie industry. Yeah. You know, for the Me Too movement. That's like doing something. This is like saying something, which I think, I don't know. Yes, there should be repercussions, but they kind of took it pretty far. And when you have to believe that this gentleman's already put a lot of time and effort into possibly writing Volume 3 already, to have it dumped and not get paid for his work. I guarantee you, if they go a different direction entirely, it will not do that well. I just, no. I have a very strong feeling about that. So that brings us to the end of the news section, guys. Um, you want to talk some tech? Sure. Okay. This week, guys, we're switching up tech talk, and I am going to pick Tim's brain. Okay. So, I have the uh, fans out of my computer case that are LED. Remember my old ones? I yep. got replaced with seven of them. Yep. How would I go about making a Pi, Raspberry Pi, that would control them? Can Raspberry Pi run Windows operating systems? I don't believe so. Fuck. But they can do Linux. Maybe these programs run on Linux? I have to think that there is a way you could run fans on a, on a Linux. But lin- have the controlling of the lighting. So what do you want to do exactly? Well, what I want to do is get a Raspberry Pi with a Bluetooth adapter. Okay. So that I can play, I can connect it to my phone to play music through. Okay. And have the fans react to the music. So I can hang them on the wall in different areas, mm-hmm. and each fan will react to the music that's being transmitted to it. Okay. So I'm Googling a Raspberry Pi fan controller, and there's multiple. Multiple, multiple. Um, articles. So okay. I have to think it's possible. All right. Just on uh. Just on a quick five-second Google. So, search. how much programming experience do you have? I mean, I went to college a little bit for it. I did like a year. Okay, so you you might have to get into Python and do some stuff. Okay. Um, from what I'm seeing here. But yeah, I, I think it's doable. I think you should do some searching. Sweet. So, walk me through though, like what this looks like. You got your fans on a wall. You got, you got the. Raspberry Pi somehow controlling them. What when I look at your wall and listen to your music, what's going on? Well, I'd like the p- fan, the fans to just like light up different colors according to the music, so it looks kind of like. And they're just mounted on the wall. That, or I was thinking underneath where all the game systems are. I have seven of them. Yeah. I could have those whole entire areas lit up, and then it could just cycle like the rainbow or something underneath there. That'd be cool. That'd probably be even easier if you weren't syncing it to music. If yeah. you just had it on a set pr- pattern. And I wouldn't need to have a Bluetooth or anything at that point. Yeah, I think you might want to go that way. Just set a set pattern that you program. Yeah. Um, and then and then the benefit would be you'd keep your systems cool. That's very true. So I actually like that better than the wall. All right. Sounds good. Well, we're going to go ahead and try to figure that out. Okay. And uh, we'll report back on a future tech talk. So if, we do, if we do figure that out, we should maybe consider like writing up how we did it. That'd be cool. That'd be a good article. Somebody else might want to run with that idea or, or expand on it. Yeah, that's a good idea. So are you ready to take a take a break and fill our glasses again? Yeah, I am. So we will be right back after this music
are back. Tasty treats in hand this time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Tim, what are we drinking? We are drinking the Melvin Citradamus, kind of like the Nostradamus. Okay. Um, it is a Imperial IPA from um, Melvin Brewing Company. Um, let me get some stats for you here. Sorry, pulling it up right now. Um, as I said, it's an Imperial IPA. It is uh, a dank ass citra hops. It's got a 9.5 ABV and 88 IBUs. And it's supposed to be really good, but I just want to drink it, honestly. All right, sounds good. So cheers. cheers. That was really good. It's very smooth at the end. It's very smooth. Um, I was expecting more of that dank hops, but it's yeah. there. It's just not overpowering. Yeah. So you ready to kick it? Let's kick it. I think we did that backwards this time. That's fucked up. What do you mean? Usually I say, you ready to kick it? You say, let's kick it. We're mixing it up. Oh, wow. Shit. All right. Yeah, well, I guess we'll mix up even more, guys. I'm going to kick us off this week with Proto Ball. A first-person sports shooter. Wait, first-person sports shooter. Mind blown. Yep. Um, so I'm go ahead and let them talk about it real quick. Hello, I'm Zachary Spradlin, and I'm the creator of Protoball. Protoball is a futuristic FPS esports game being built from the ground up to be an esport. Yet it's casual enough that any skill level can hop in the game and have a good time. The game is essentially a futuristic blend of basketball or soccer slash football with FPS mechanics, athletic movement, and intense competitive action. Teams of up to five players face off trying to outscore each other. Matches are five minutes long and very intense. The gameplay is fast paced and athletic. You're never going to feel sluggish. You're never going to feel like you're walking through mud. You'll never fight against the game itself. The game is familiar yet very unique, easy to learn and hard to master. Athletic movement enables players to move how they want with agility. Protoball will have matchmaking, competitive and casual modes, rankings, leaderboards, leagues complete with seasons, and weekend tournaments and brackets. Similar to how guilds and clans operate in other games, you'll be able to create your own team within the game with custom uniforms. Protoball provides enhanced spectator features for a richer broadcast experience. Anyone will be able to host and cast their own tournaments and exhibition games. This will also include Twitch integrations that affect in-game, emotes, audience, cheers, and visual effects. Players will have deep levels of customization to choose from. Protoball will feature an ever-growing library of cosmetic items so that you will always be able to make your character truly yours. From clothing items to accessories, nearly all aspects of your character will be customizable. If real money is involved, you'll be able to purchase precisely what you want. Random loot boxes are for free drops. In Protoball, you'll always be able to buy the specific item that you want, with some exceptions like exclusives and limited editions. And while the game might look pretty good right now, none of this is final. Everything is a placeholder. This is our prototype. Everything will be upgraded from the VFX, the models, the graphics. Everything gets better. So, why me? My whole life I've been playing video games. It started on my cousin's NES, and then my dad got us a Sega Genesis for Christmas, and then a PlayStation. Then he helped me build my first PC, and this changed everything. When Quake and Unreal Tournament came out, I was exposed to a world of gaming that I immediately fell in love with. 
Steam came out and I started playing Counter-Strike and Day of Defeat competitively. This was a dream come true. Fatality had proven that you could make gaming your profession. So my friends and I started a team and we got to practicing. Late nights until 3am, scrimming and trying to get good enough in the Cal Main. Eventually I did. However, when I went to college I put the games on hold for a while. Then the recession hit America and I had to come back to help the family business. We made it through the recession despite great challenges and when we came out on the other side I was able to double our sales and sustain growth. From there, my role in the company, my responsibilities, and my compensation all increased. I would gotten quite content. I had found some success and I was happy with it. However, my passion still lied in games. I'm grateful for the hands-on experience that running my family's business had given me, traveling to China, Korea, Tokyo, Europe, all across America. I learned how to manage and run a business. Now I want to manage and run a business in an industry that I'm excited and passionate about. I'm going to take my hands-on business experience and apply it to a lifelong love affair with video games. We need more good games, and good games are difficult to make. There have been many failures in this industry that we're all familiar with. I intend to learn from everyone else's mistakes to ensure that Protoball is a success. Our prime directive has always been to make the best game possible and give the players what they want. To make Protoball the best game possible, it's going to require more capital than I have. This is why I'm asking you to pledge your support. I'm seeking the bare minimum that we would need in order to finish the next phase of development and release Protoball. I've built a talented team of Unreal Engine 4 developers, many of them volunteering their work to bring this prototype to you right now. With your support, we can take this prototype and polish it to a AAA level that we're all proud of. And together, we will all make Protoball a reality. So, as you guys just heard, uh, he's very inspired by other esports and uh, video games of past. Basically, what I can break this down into is Rocket League as a person, and you're throwing the ball like basketball. So it's kind of cool. It's got the futures. It, just think, just like just like fucking uh, Rocket League. You jump and you go sky high, and when you get in the goal, everybody is flying across the arena. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a futuristic esports game, FPS mechanics. Um, grounded competitive esport build. Um, teams face off against each other in arena style, trying to pass the pro ball through the goal in order to score. The arena is split into three, two, and one point zones. Added a reward for a harder, longer shots. Players can pull up energy shield to block the ball. They can shoot the energy shield to destroy their players or deflect the ball away from the, from or into the goal. Players can dash into other opponents, which will stun and hit players. If they possess the ball, they'll fumble or drop the ball. Matches last about five minutes in length, and uh, the highest score wins. Cool. So, so uh, they're looking for twenty-five thousand U.S. dollars. They're currently at six thousand ninety-one. Forty-two backers, thirteen days ago. Five dollars gets you their sincere gratitude and credits in the game. Uh, Ten dollars gets you one digital copy of the game, and the granddaddy of them all. The producer, $10,000, get producer credits in the game as well as previous rewards, meet the devs at a convention or esports event where Protoball is being played. No event is currently scheduled. This will be coordinated with the backer and the location will be based on their continent slash preference. 
Backer is responsible for their flight. We'll take care of the convention, event tickets, and hotel. So that's cool. Uh, you'll get to hang out with the devs all convention long, and we'll go out to dinner and a night on the town. There's three of those available and uh, three left. So $10,000, guys, you get to go be the uh, granddaddy producer of it all. Sure. I got that line around. What do you got? Oh, me? I got the jump gate. So we've been talking about how certain uh, switch third-party docks will brick your system. And these guys have tested extensively a versatile dock for switch and smart devices. So not just for your switch, but also for possibly your laptop, for your phone. I'll let them talk more about it now. We launched Griffcase last year with the help of Kickstarter community. It's amazing. We can't thank you enough for your support and enthusiasm. This time, we've come back for the DOM, introducing the Jump Gate, a warp towards better gaming. With his pop-up design, the Jump Gate is a sleek and portable DOM. It's small and even smaller. The core drive can disengage from the main dock making it easily switchable between dock mode and hub mode. Just pack and go. With Jumpgate, you are able to dock your switch with or without protective cases. It's compatible with most third-party cases on the market. The Jumpgate can automatically switch from TV mode to tabletop mode if there is no signal coming from the HDMI port. Now, you are able to play with your Switch in tabletop mode without worrying about running out of juice. You can use your core drive on your laptop, such as a MacBook. It provides all the ports you need in daily life. Don't look awkward with dongles when carrying your laptop around. The jump gate can be used on smartphones too. It can turn your smartphone into a computer if your smartphone has the DeX function like Samsung Galaxy S9 and S8. Expand the storage capacity of your phone with the OTG function. Hi, I'm Mo. Hi, I'm Dan. After six months of testing and improvements, we're finally ready for mass production. So, if you're looking for an ideal dock for your Switch and other electronic devices, it's just a click away to help jump gate into existence. Thank you for your support. So as you just heard, uh, Skull & Company has um, spent a long time developing this sleek and portable dock. You can switch between a dock and a hub mode to work with your Switch, laptop, smartphone. Um, they have spent eight months testing it. They did 100 hours non-stop charging tests um, using the um, power delivery chips in the JumpGate dock to see if they delivered proper voltage and amperage to the Switch according to its battery level. Um, they did a firmware update test. They updated the firmware on the console. Um, they used um, a plugging test. They you know, took the switch in and out and see whether the jump gate dock would automatically switch between t TV and tabletop mode when the USB-C and HDMI was connected or disconnected. Um, and they, they explored why other docks were bricking uh, switches. Um, so some people say that the Nintendo Switch and dock are chock full of USB-C protocol errors and flaws. We have a different opinion. The USB-C protocol, the PD protocol, has to be amended in order to prevent the system from being hacked and meet Nintendo's prospects in the future. If what Nintendo said about the Switch only being compatible with licensed accessories was true, 
Nintendo should have designed a unique, different shape socket instead of installing a universal C port. Or put warning stickers on the Switch and dock. They should have known that people, especially kids, would plug any number of devices into the U Switch's USB-C port. We believe Nintendo's engineers conducted compatibility tests with thousands of existing USB-C devices, adapters, battery banks, hubs, etc. during the testing procedure. However, Nintendo underestimated the potential risks and there are many products made by small companies that do not follow the USB-C PD protocols. Nintendo did not give Switch proper protection and this is the reason why Switch can be bricked by certain accessories, but smartphones and laptops have survived. As long as the protocols in the accessory are in accordance with the PD protocol standards, they should work perfectly with the Nintendo Switch. The Nyko dock had pretty PD protocol errors. Pro PD protocol errors. That's hard protocol to say. Protocol errors. PD protocol error. There's PD. Power draw. It has to do with the power draw. Okay. And since the Switch has a battery, like that power draw changes depending on what it's doing, how much battery power it has. It drew too much power to the Switch and damaged the power management component. So it was taking in too much power it, it's complicated anyway they figured it out this should be safe your switch let's talk about backing levels two dollars gets you a virtual hug uh 25 australian or 19 us gets you a dock only not the core drive um early bird's gone for the next level player set gets the dock at, at the backer price which is probably what you want you get the jump gate dock and the core drive um the gamer set going off from there is 59 us um gets a dock and ac adapter and a core drive. And then there's a um, retailer distributor pack for... Um, what's the price on that? Oh, sorry. $518 gets you wow. 10 docks and adapters, basically. So that's the jump gate dock. You can learn more about it on kickstarter.com. I encourage you to read it because it's complicated, but um, it's pretty cool what it can do. You can charge your phone on it. Um, if you have a certain um, type of smartphone, smartphone, you can actually um, use it as a hub, like nice. for storage for your phone. All sorts of crazy stuff. You can, Sweet. Um, yeah. You can make a USB hub for your laptop. That's awesome. Some crazy stuff. What's your next one? Finding the Curve. Oh, dear God. Flat Earth Documentary. So, guys, these filmmakers went on a quest to find the edge of the world after compi uh, coming to the realization that the Earth might actually be flat. It's not flat. Tim, it's flat. Are we sitting on something flat right now, Tim? It's just curved so slightly we can't notice. Tim, is this flat? Just because is this table flat, Tim? It's a man-made device. Your arguments about Tim, is this table flat? Roughly. Tim, is this table flat? <laughs> I said roughly. Again, it's man-made. It doesn't have so anything. So we're not circular Earth. We're more of like a UFO-shaped Earth. Is that what you're saying? Um, no. We're more the like photos a are wrong. No, I'm saying that we're like a basketball, not a UFO. We're going to go ahead and let them talk about it, Tim. I should tell you that I edited this down because it was 11 minutes long. So I took a, a piece from the beginning, a piece from the middle, and a piece at the end. It's very true. All right, so um, what if I told you that the Earth was actually flat? If the world were flat and Antarctica was what kept the Earth together, who's to say that this flat Earth is just part of a bigger, flatter with like multiple Earths and or multiple universes and it kind of seems like if it is flat there's more to the adventure what, what else is out there I almost quit last night I'm probably gonna destroy all my dreams with this documentary so uh, as we just heard from Tim's doctored video audio I should say 
I just of took his, how the those Earth are, those is are, flat. Those are all his words. Um, yeah. All right, so, I particularly like the guy who took a literally took a bong hit, or not a bong hit, a joint hit, and then said, "Well, if the Earth's flat, maybe it's connected to other Earths and other dimensions, and it just keeps going and see? going." I was like, "Dude, just put the put marijuana the joint down, down dude." It, just, it was so bad. All right, guys. So they're looking for sixty-five thousand and twenty-five U.S. dollars. It's an oddly specific number. Yep, they are currently at one thousand two hundred twenty-three. <laughs> uh, fifty-seven days ago, sixteen backers. Sixteen backers. Seven dollars gets you a shoot shout out. Seven dollars, not one or five. Yep, seven dollars. Again, oddly specific. There's there's two backers at that level. I mean, I'm tempted to to back it at that level just to see if he shouts us out, and then like. I know this won't get funded, so our money's probably safe. Probably. But then the other hand, if he somehow gets funded, I don't want to spend $7 on this idiot. Well, if we do that, we might as well get $14 and own a digital high-quality copy of the film after the official release and get Kickstarter credit in the end of the film, plus all the love from the reward above. Can I make my name on the credits? You guys are all fucking morons. No, we can make it plug-and-play podcast, Flat Earth Expedition. No, it would be like, Flat Earthers are stupid. That's my name. Okay, that could, that could work. Okay. Um, the big grand of them all, though, is, guys, 6503 Again, so oddly fucking specific. You're coming to the premiere. We no, will fly you out to the movie's premiere. Wait, they'll We're, fly you out? They will fly you out That's to the first, premiere. That's like, all of these yeah. like, make you pay your own airfare. Where you can meet and hang out with Einer and company. I guarantee you there'll be plenty of weed. And anyone else involved with the project, be one of the first people to see the film, have lunch with a filmmaker, and join the after party, Eleanor's Treat. Plus everything above except di- except digital premiere. Uh, estimated delivery of that is 2020 of August. August of 2020, I should have said. Two years from now. So, uh... Let's uh, not do that. I mean, we get back at that level and still feel pretty confident that we're not going to have to pay six thousand five hundred three. Fairly, Fairly comp. I'm. Oh, you, you put your credit card on that one. I'm not. Um. Okay. I mean, I'm half tempted. They fly us out, Tim. I mean, they fly would, me out. They leave your ass behind because I'm the one who paid the six grand. We would have so much weed. I guarantee that. That'd be a bummer for me. I'd be like, hey guys, where's the the whiskey and the tobacco? Just, yeah. Okay. All right, Tim, what do you got for us? All right, so growing up, uh, Blockbuster Video was a big part of my life. We'd rent like two or three movies, maybe a game um, every weekend and okay. have a good time. And there was like literally Why would two... you rent movies? I know you don't watch movies, but I did. So there's like two or three That's around dumb. my house. They were all over the nation. Um, all over be, the world, weren't they? Be kind, don't rewind. It was just a part That's of, a very part of good, life yep, that was a very streaming good. services a lot of different things uh, contributed to blockbusters just going away um and now there's only one in the world like a couple months ago there's one in alaska but and that one's then gone. there was one and it's actually pretty close to us in bend oregon the one in alaska was my hometown that's too bad yeah so this is the lack the last blockbuster it's a in the world it's a documentary film about the last remaining blockbuster video one blockbuster remains. one world so i'm gonna let them talk about it when I was growing up, I loved movies, and I wanted to be in movies. And the closest I could come to working in movies was working at Blockbuster because it had all the new releases. It felt like it was like a direct through line to Hollywood. Nobody has the movie I want. Hey, if it's on video, Blockbuster probably has it. I mean, we have over 10,000 videos. Wow. 
I kind of look at these and I'm like, oh, there you are. Like, you were my first love. Like movies are how I came to do what I do. And so I would stay up and I would watch, you know, I would rent Back to the Future and, you know, oh, wait a second, Doc, you mean to tell me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? You always feel good when you start talking about movies you love. And do you remember the first time you saw Caddyshack or the first time you saw Lion King? Um, that's a good feeling. And getting to remember that is just something that you won't experience sitting home on your couch. At its height, Blockbuster Video used to operate more than 9,000 stores across the country. At one point, it's estimated a new store opened every 17 hours. Now, there will soon just be this one. We'll soon be down to just one little store where Bend, Oregon is the place. Like, why is that? Bend has always been a great movie town. I don't know if it's something in the water. I don't know if it's the air. I don't know what it is. I think one of the most magical things is the memories you have of going into a video store and a video. Getting in your car with your girlfriend and arguing over what you were going to watch. You know, you had to watch one of her movies so you could watch one of yours. And it was just a, it was a neat time, you know. I used to go to Blockbuster and a movie would be sold out. Sold out! And then you'd beg the employee, There'd, it'd be Saturday night, they'd have a line of like 400 people wrapping around the store, and you'd be like, can you go check the drop box for me, please? Look, people think maybe it was easy to work at Blockbuster. It wasn't. First of all, you take this in from the drop box, you gotta look at it. Is the tape still there? Is it rewound? No. Gotta put it in the rewind machine. You know, we'd have to call up a customer or put something in the system and say, Listen, I just, I'm not going to charge you this time, but last time you returned some videos, they weren't rewound. Um, next time I'm going to have to charge you a rewinding fee. I mean, what is that? There's something that I'll never get over from VHSs. There was something so magical about those tracking lines and the FBI warnings starting up. and That's probably the biggest thing that people tell us who come to the store. Yeah, we can walk along and look at the movie and turn it around and read what the movie's about. I remember like seeing the, the box cover on VHS for uh, Adventures in Babysitting and being like, I need that movie now. You don't get that from, from being like, uh, Netflix, show me the little cover of the little thumbnail, you know? There's something just tactile about that that you'll that you'll never get again you know if, if it goes away forever stuff comes and stuff goes and netflix time will come at some point and amazon's time will come at some point probably no time in the near future but you know it, it's the world changes just feeling like the click of closing it back up again after you rewound it being like you're all ready to go It's just the best feeling, you know? Uh, yeah. All right, so you can back this up. Oh, One first of all. buster to rule the world so in the like, age of apocalypse. Let me know when you're done. During. Never mind, okay, just continue. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> thanks $20,000 $20, is pretty tight budget for, for even a documentary, but that's what they're asking for. Um, they've got 89 backers with 32 days to go, and they're only at $4,700. So they do have wait a lot of time to go, so I'm hoping they get funded because I want to watch this. How much are that? 
They're at 47-32, or, or sorry, 47-43 um, with 32 days to go. So, Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, $25 gets you a digital download of the last Blockbuster plus an actual valid membership card to the last Blockbuster mailed directly to you. I want that. That's the lowest tier. Uh, $35, I think you should bump up to the next $10 because you get also the digital, but also a Blu-ray or DVD and a poster. So physical edition. Physical from edition. From a physical edition store. Yes, you need that. I mean, that's just common sense. And you still get the Blockbuster membership card. Um, Sweet. I just want the Blockbuster card. I don't have my name anymore. Yeah, I mean, why would you? Um, this is an actual valid one. Like The one you had isn't worth anything anymore. It's very true. So there's other levels with T-shirts, like employee T-shirts. There's a one where you can actually work a shift at that Blockbuster store. Um, looks like travel is on you. Um, there's an associate producer where you um, get credits. Um, at the associate producer level, which is $5,000, which is the granddaddy of them all, you not only get all the rewards like the T-shirt, the poster, the physical, you get a VHS copy of the movie, which I think is pretty rad. Um, I don't know if they're just making one of those because I, I see there's only... Uh, actually, it doesn't say it's limited, so maybe there's more than one of those available, but I bet not too many people back it at that. And that's the reward I would love is is an actual VHS copy of this, but I don't know it's pretty cool. That case started definitely has nostalgia for me, and I hope to at least uh, see the movie at some point. That'd be and awesome. I'd love to go next time we're in Bend. We, we should drive to Bend for a Wednesday night. There's a lot of breweries in Bend. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Well, like right after I get off of work, or maybe I'll get off an hour early and we'll just roll. Okay, it's doable. Let's do it. All right, let's talk some games we've been playing. All right, so I've been playing Mario Kart Double Dash. On the GameCube. With yourself? With my wife. Okay. So how do you what uh, characters do you play? So I play little Bowser or Baby Bowser and Baby Mario. My okay. wife plays the uh, two princesses. I think it's Princess Peach and Princess uh, Is it Daisy? Daisy, yeah. Daisy. So do they, do they talk in a double dash? They say their names. Okay. Yeah. Bowser and Daisy. Cool. Yep. So um, that's what I have really been playing this week. Not a whole hell of a lot. What have you been playing? You've been you playing need the to hell stream lot again more. because when you stream, you play. So the issue was is Daddy Son weekend, okay. um, and by does the time I was son go to bed, eight? he does. But I was fucking exhausted from watching him all day. So some trucker meth, man. Dude, 20, you you 20, need to give me some meth. Trucker meth. It's like fake meth. Oh. It's like fifty percent meth, but legal. Gotcha. You, have you ever been in a convenience store and see the stuff they sell behind the counter? Like, yeah. I wonder what's in that shit. Probably meth. Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe not do that. Maybe do it for packs. No. And coffee. A lot of well, coffee. Definitely a lot of coffee. That's not even negotiable. Okay. What have you been playing? Because you played a shitload more than me. I did, but just little bits here and there. Okay. Like, I, probably all of these I played under an hour. Wow. That's about how much I played. But I do have four games. So, Windjammers is a I game. I have 16 maps. Windjammers is a... Uh, from DCMU, which is going to be at PAX, um, showing some brand new games. But I saw this game first at PlayStation Experience, and um, it's been on my PlayStation wish-, wish list since then, and it went on 90% off, so I had to get it. Jesus. How much was it? $1.49. Down, down from $14.99. So Windjammers is a Neo Geo game, um, and they did a really good emulation of it. Like it, There's no lag. The music's great. Um, so it's sort of, I don't know, 16-bit graphics, I guess. Okay. And it's like a tennis court or a volleyball court, but you're throwing frisbees at each other, and you can dash around and grab the frisbees. It's like a um, like pong in a way, but more complicated. 
There's a scoring zone. So there's a middle zone and two side zones. The middle zone is like the higher points. Okay. Sometimes there'll be obstacles depending on the course um, that you can bounce off of. You can throw differently. Like you can do ricochets. You can do power throws where you like. It's almost like a Mario Strikers animation where you like. There's lightning and flames and shit. Sweet. Um, it's fun. Um, it's there's some online which I've had trouble getting into a match. Honestly. Weird. Um, local couch play is fun. Um, my daughter didn't get into it unfortunately, but. It works really great as far as how it works. And I also get a free Vita version. So That's wanna, awesome. Yeah, if I want to play through the campaign on my Vita in bed, I can do that. I'm still continuing to play Darksiders 2. Um, maybe more about that later. I'm just going to kind of pass over that for now. Um, this week I picked up WarioWare Gold 3DS. Um, I thought maybe Metroid would be my last uh, 3DS game, but I was thinking this game would be actually really good for packs because um, I'm going to bring up the music right now so maybe you can hear it i doubt it probably i'm gonna still do it um so it's a classic warioware game um there's different never played any of those you didn't play any of them oh, shit i'm tired all of a sudden have some more beer okay thanks so there's different the, the the games are like literally like five seconds long and you just like do one thing and so this would be great for playing a game in line like I can just But we don't wait in lines nowadays. That's not true. It's very fucking true usually. That's the game if you can hear it. Um I'm just gonna die now. Because I'm not really watching the screen. Um We wait in lines for parties. Uh, that's true. And if we don't have an appointment and we really like all the the super big games, like if like Halo was there or something, we'd yeah. probably have to wait in line for that. Probably. We'll wait in line for stupid pictures. Where we're waiting before an but appointment. we're talking to each other. There's a lot of talking right now. All right, I'm close this. Um, there's it's a story. A stupid game. It's um, Wario wants to make a lot of money. He makes all these people make games. Does he make for like an esports or something like that? That's what he's trying to make. Like a tournament, more. Gotcha. I don't, they don't call it esports. They should, but whatever. It's cute. There's a lot of different characters, and the game. Are over- the Twitch viewers on it? No. Okay. They're not. They're not quite up to that level yet. Gotcha. So I've been playing that. Um, and there's at least 300 mini mini games in this, so even if I Holy play between shit. now and then, I'll have plenty to play at PAX. And then a game I'm uh, speaking of PAX um, that I saw at PAX a couple years ago um, and played a half hour demo just came out today. And this is how excited I am for this game. It went on sale at 9:30 uh, Eastern. I went on my Steam app um, at work and bought it. And texted my daughter who was at home because she's not at school right now and said, hey, there's a new game in my Steam library. Can you download it for me? And she did. What is this? It's called Unavowed. It's a point-and-click adventure um, with, like, uh, supernatural elements. Like, you wake up, basically, to this guy trying to exercise a demon from you. And then there's a flashback of you. And what's cool is, like, you answer three questions as he's exercising you. Like, are you a man? Are you a woman? Are you a demon? And based on your answer, you're a man or a woman. And then you get to choose, like, okay, remember your past. Um, were you an actor? Or you get to choose, like, you're an actor, a bartender. And so you're making your history. Yeah. And, like, the beginning um, part of the story is based on your answer. So, like, I in the original demo I played, I was a bartender. This time I chose an actor. It was a completely different opening. Nice. Um, it eventually moves to the same story. Yeah. But, like, you get to see the carnage that your character does from being possessed for a year by this demon. That's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty epic. Like, you just, like, just went around murdering people. You streamed people. this, didn't you? I did. Um, if you want to check it out, it's streamed on our Plug and Play Facebook page. 
Um, it's roughly the same scenario that was in the demo I played, except for a slightly different beginning. And I chose not to do any um, voiceover or video. It's just the game. Nice. Because I think with a story-driven game like this, I would just be distracting, like talking over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's roughly a half an hour, 20 minutes, something like that. So you can check it out if you want. Um, I like it a lot. I'm very excited to play through this. So that's what I'm playing. Sweet. We got um, new games coming out this week. And yeah, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Hold on. Do you want me to read it for once? Yeah, go ahead, man. So Okami HD. I am tempted to buy this game for the fourth time. Literally fourth the fourth. Fourth time? So fourth time. I bought this originally on PlayStation 2. I bought it again for Wii. I bought it again. Have you beat it? Yes. Um, I bought the beat the PlayStation 2 version. The Wii version was broken. There was like a part where you couldn't really get past. Um, I have it on PlayStation because it went on sale. It would be great on Switch. So basically, it's a kind of a Legend of Zelda, but you're a fox and you use like a painter's brush to, to cast spells. Oh, and it's got Jesus. a really unique, um, like a Japanese painting art style. Um, unexplored, Nintendo Switch. No idea what that is. Megaton Rainfall, Nintendo Switch. Minute. I'm excited to get this. Minute is spelled M-I-N-I-T. Um, your character dies after a minute. You have one minute to get played, then you respawn. Um, you're, this sounds like shit. No, you're... You, oh, the world is relatively small, but you can really only go like one direction. You can only explore one direction. You get to keep your items. Um, it's totally doable, but it's like you keep... You die, but do you pick up from the very beginning, or do yep. you... So how the fuck you can make it further than the next, next time? You get to keep your items. So you'll figure out what you need to do, and you'll go back and do it right gotcha, next time. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Um, it's not like you start completely over. It's just you have one minute to get whatever you need to get done. And I've heard about it on PC, and I'm like, this is a perfect Switch game. That's a perfect Switch game. So I've game. been waiting, so I'm going to get that. Monster Hunter World comes out for PC. Subaru City, Nintendo Switch. Blobcat, Nintendo Switch. The Imagine Shin Sengumi, Heroes in Love, Nintendo Switch. Shut Eye, Nintendo Switch. We Happy Few gets an official release on PC, Xbox One, Woo-hoo! and PS4. You played a, this, right? I played a very early version that I was not happy with. I voiced my concerns, and I was pretty much echoed by everybody that the first part of the game was not at all like the main part of the game. First part plays a lot like Bioshock. Second part plays a lot like just a survival game, like, um, um, what's that game? Um, don't Starve or something. Where you're yeah, like, don't, starve, don't Starve Together. Where you're just like constantly getting resources, and it's like procedure generated and bullshit. It doesn't have the narrative flow of the first part of the game. It doesn't okay. feel like it was disjointed. They worked on that for several years. They now released it. Um, I'm going to be reading reviews on this one for sure. Sweet. Uh, Mini Metro, Nintendo Switch, Phantom Doctrine, PC, Cosmic Star, Heroin, Nintendo Switch, which I have on uh, Vita. It would be good on Switch. World of Warcraft, Battle for Azeroth, PC. Yeah, yeah. That's new. It's new. It's a new DLC for it. Wow. Okay. I've just heard that name before, so I thought it was maybe out before. Read no. Only Memories, a game I loved on PC. Would be great on the Switch. Uh, point and click adventure set in the future. Lots of non-binary uh, queer characters. Very good. Wait, Sit. what did you just say? Non-binary queer characters. Non-binary, comma, queer characters. What's this game about? Uh, it's about robots. And um, memory and consciousness. And okay. it's a detective story. About, like exploring those areas. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, but it's a very linear, easy to understand plot. But it definitely goes into the, like, what is what is consciousness? When, when does, like, a... AI become human. A lot of cool. Um, it's cool. And Sweet. it's actually relatively short, too. So if you're into point-click adventures, but you don't want to like go forever and ever, it's a great game. Um, State of Mind, don't know what that is. Nintendo Switch. That brings us to the end of the new releases. All right, guys. So until next week, 
on one not one ninety three. That why, would why, be weird. Why are we going back to that one? Do we not like it the first one? Ni- uh, yes, it's true. I'm yeah. gonna look up one ninety three while you're talking about our social. Okay, media. sounds good. Uh, next week on two hundred four of the Plug and Play podcast. Next week will be two hundred four. You guys can find us at facebook.com forward slash plug and play show, Twitter and Instagram at plug and play cast, youtube.com forward slash plug and play gamer. Until next week, Wait. Don't, forget, don't forget to check us out at thebunsmashers.com. Okay. Plug and play gamer.com. Okay. Thank you to Podbean for highlighting the yes. shit out of our show. And what was 193? So, 193 is called Ice Cream Solo. Um, the first half. Oh, well, I almost played it. The first half was quenched by Hopworks Urban Brewery at its first sister's IPA. Um, I have a new movie to talk about and some other interest of topping. You um, sweat the details on a new workout regimen and hung out with some babies. Um, in the new segment, we got the Atari try to get some airtime. A space game has been teased for several years. Drops the biggest model yet for a spaceship, not even an alpha. And Tech Talk this week is a storage organizer for the Tascam and XLR mics we use on location. Rounding out our Kickstarter, we got a few tips on unfucking your adult self and how to have... <laughs> How to have sex along with board games. So that's something you can check out. It's already out. You don't have to wait till next week. 193. Check out 193. We can have sex with uh, something. Yeah, board games, apparently. Board games. So uh, don't forget to prime and shine.